Lamelo Ball establishes himself as the best ball brother. There's still no update on James Harden. The Ravens stomp on the Titans logo. Nickelodeon. All the updates on the Browns versus Steelers. The Eagles fire their head coach. And everything you need to know going into week two of the playoffs on week 16 of It Sports Sis. Welcome to week 16, episode 16, and we're thinking we may have a few new listeners out there. So first off, welcome to the Sis Squad. We have so much to cover this week. Per usual, like Sarah said, the Ball Brothers came to play last Friday night, and it was a sight to see. It was actually really fun to watch. I know, seriously. So for everybody who is listening that doesn't know, the Ball Brothers are um, one of, I think there's three of them and they all have L names. And the two that are in the NBA right now are LaMelo and Lonzo and LaMelo plays for the Charlotte Hornets and Lonzo plays for the New Orleans Pelicans and they played each other. And so it was obviously all over the news and our boy, 19 year old LaMelo ball came out on top and the Hornets beat the New Orleans Pelicans. 118 to 110. Nice, Christine. Good save. Good <laughs> I save. got it all. I stored it all up here. Okay. Thank goodness for you. So yes, that night he was this close, Christine, when he was playing his brother to getting a triple double, but instead he saved us until the next day and decided to get a triple double against the Atlanta Hawks the next night and proved himself and secured the spot as the youngest player in history to get a triple double. Go LaMelo, so proud to have you part of the Hornets. What I thought was super exciting to watch between the two Ball brothers was the last time that they had played together, um, they, they played on the same team. It was in high school. They won a championship together in high school and they have never played against each other since at any level That's until so last Friday night. And it came at the national level, right? At the professional level. And they're both yeah. making millions of dollars and playing against each other. And I love LaMelo. He plays for the Hornets, but he definitely has a lot of attitude. He's very outspoken. He's all about the cameras and the flashiness. And, you know, he loves the celebrities. He's, he's- part of the ball family. Am he's I right? Like that is years, just a family brand. He's 19 years old. Right. I mean, when you were 19 years old, I mean, can you imagine? Right. Exactly. 19 I, years old, making millions and millions of dollars. It's so cringeworthy to think of what I would put on Instagram. If I was 19 <laughs> years old, making that amount of money. I mean, I am. I don't even like to scroll to the beginning of my Instagram, which was like in like 2010, no, 2011. I was like, I think I was 21. I was it's cringy. I was 18 when I got a Facebook because that used to be the rule. You guys, you used to have to to be invited. Yes. No, you used to have to have a college email address in order to get into Facebook. And you, of course, because you're just an amazing human being resurfaced this video of me in the dorm room, my freshman year where I was doing some weird dance, like for calling. I was, I'm it's cringeworthy. You guys, it literally makes me, it goes on for like clench. Four minutes. It what goes am I on doing? For- what was I You're doing? I literally dancing was- to yourself in a dorm room. Exactly. To- That's what I was doing at I- 19 years old. And LaMelo <laughs> Ball's out here hitting triple doubles against the Atlanta Hawks. And he plays for the Hornets. So well, let's kind of get into what a triple double is. Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad you brought that up. So a triple double 
is basically it, it sounds so complicated, but it's a very simple explanation. You get double digits. So 10 plus of three different stat lines. So there are, um, rebounds also known as boards. You'll hear them be called boards points, steals, assists, and blocks. So if you get, let's say 10 rebounds, 10 points and 10, 10 assists, that would be a triple double. So you've got double digits of three of those stats. What you'll most often hear is a double double, which is double digits of two of those stats, which is usually rebounds and points. And usually that third stat is assists. If you are going to get a triple double, um, I was doing some research on this, Christine, and I was just like, huh, I wonder if anybody's gotten like, cause obviously there's a double, double, there's a triple right. double. Is there a quad double and Blake Griffin? He won the, um, he won the dunk comp contest a few years back. He jumped over yeah. a car. I'm pretty sure. Um, he has like the red hair and the freckles. Yeah. Didn't he, he date a Kardashian for a I'm little sure, while? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes, pretty sure I'm he sure. did. Yes. So Blake Griffin did not technically get a quad double, but he got, he had 19 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, which is a triple double. And then Damn. he also had 10 turnovers, which is a negative stat. Um, so because he didn't get four out of the five positive stats, it doesn't technically count as a quad double, but I think it's hysterical that he had such a great night that he got a triple double. And then his fourth double digit stat is turnovers. So <laughs> that's not sucks. sure if his team won that night or not, but it's yeah. still in my book, a quad double. So I will tell you what I love the most about LaMelo ball is watching his assists. Yes. I know that's kind of what he's known for, but it's truly amazing to yeah. watch. I mean, he just places the ball in the perfect spot constantly. He can for make somebody full to court grab. passes like full court bounce passes. And you're just like, how do you even have the court vision to know that that is going to be open for a shot whenever he throws the ball And to your point, it's on point almost every Always on point. Time. And Sarah and I played on the same basketball team pretty much in second. Well, we didn't play on the same basketball teams in second grade, but our father was our coach in second grade. And I will always appreciate a good bounce pass because my father, if he taught us anything in basketball, <laughs> yes. it was to do a bounce pass. Yes, that's right. That's right. He said it's almost impossible to steal a bounce pass, which is true. It gets you it's all discombobulated. So you don't know when it's going to bounce. Um, and Lomelo has perfected the art of a bounce pass. So yes, it is definitely a sight to see. He's doing such a great job. And again, you guys, he's only 19 years old old. So insane. But while we're still on the NBA, we need to update everyone on James Harden, Sarah. So what is his deal? Honestly, Christine, there's really no update. Um, he's kind of just been quietly scoring points and being the crazy offender that he always is. Um, and I mean, he's still with the Houston Rockets. There's definitely a lot of hearsay and drama around where he's going, but honestly, no one knows. Well, speaking of drama, did you see the Baltimore Ravens stomp on the Tennessee Titans logo? Because that was drama filled. Yes, Christine. So I had to do a little bit of research on this, right? Because I see it. Like I was watching the game and I'm like, there has to be more to this. And they were also asking the Tennessee head coach at the very beginning of the game, like just 
uh, putting this out there and I forget his name, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, but if you were to fight fist fight, the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, who would win? And I'm like, why are they asking him that? So anyway, I had to do a lot of research and come to find out Christine, lo and behold, the Titans have not necessarily stomped on the Ravens logo, but have huddled up as an entire team on two separate occasions on the Ravens logo. And so this was like revenge. Yes, it was obviously revenge, but the Ravens came out and said, I think I quoted, um, one of the players. And he said, uh, the stomping on the Tennessee logo wasn't planned. It was a team unity thing, not a disrespect thing. Team unity, my arse. Okay. Here's the thing. So in week 11, like you said, the Titans had gathered in the Ravens logo. Well, not just that the Ravens weren't even on the field yet. They were still in the tunnel being announced to come out of the game. Right. So they weren't even out on the field. The Titans were the only ones on the field. So coach of the, or the coach of the Ravens, his name is Harbaugh. Yes. He's one of the Harbaugh brothers. Yep. Made his way out there to tell all the players that they are being very disrespectful. And the the Harbaugh is the head coach of the Ravens team and the Titans were on the Ravens logo. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yes. So Harbaugh, which is the Ravens coach, went out to tell the Titans players that they were being very disrespectful. Get off my logo. Correct. Then the Titans coach, his name's like Vrabel. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Yes. He got involved. And so there were lots of heated words exchanged between the two coaches. Yes. See, and that's where that question came from. The ESPN announcer, analyst, news lady, whatever, before the game, asked the head coach of the Tennessee Titans who would win in a fist fight or a fight against... Harbaugh, who's the coach of the Ravens. I'm like, that's not a normal, a a normal thing to ask a coach. Right. I'm like, there's gotta be some sort of background. So I feel like you hit the nail on the head the very first time, or was it the second time that the Titans assembled on the Ravens logo? So they did it on two separate occasions. And the second time the coaches got involved and it was a very, it was a heated word battle back and forth. My question for coach Harbaugh, which is the coach for the Ravens, since you were trying to get the Titans off of your logo and you said that it was disrespectful, is it only disrespectful when it's happening to you? Uh-huh. You know, cause it's like how you're just going to go back on what your words, that was your, the whole, the whole explanation that you use for going onto the field was how disrespectful it was. And then your team turns around and does the same thing. Yeah. Which I'm, I can be petty too. I mean, you know, I can understand the Ravens coming out and wanting to do that to the Titans. Don't right. get me wrong, yes. but to come out and defend your team after they do that, the same yes. thing, you yes. know? And just to say that it wasn't a disrespect thing. It was a team unity thing. Like I call sus, I call yes. sus it's suspect. That's not the case. It's clearly petty. It's clearly revenge, which again, I mean, I've said this I'll say it now. And I've said it time and time before I really struggle to get over things and I'm a very competitive person. And so you fault me. 
Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> you fault me or you side you like any of my siblings, like you have hell to pay. Like I will cut you. And so I am, <laughs> I would be the one I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, you know, the Ravens stomping on the Titans logo is bad or the Titans stomping on the Ravens logo is bad. But I will say that if I played for the Ravens and the Titans had done that to me, not just once, but twice, I would do the exact same thing. So I know very growing up, interesting growing up younger than Sarah and having her as my older sister was the best because I never <laughs> had to fight my own battles ever. <laughs> she fought the battles for me. I would walk through the hallways in high school. Like I dare you to try to bully me or make fun of me or give me hell because Sarah is my older sister. She will kill you. So uh, the school, yeah, at school <laughs> on the kickball field and a bar. Field. Yeah. Cross, yeah. Don't cross me. Don't cross me. Like don't I'll defend myself. Cross. Yeah. I'll defend myself, but I will defend my siblings, my parents, my family, my husband tooth and nail, like down to death. Like I will she defend them. Definitely somebody that you want on your side. Yes, absolutely. But so we anyway. definitely, I feel like Sarah, after, you know, all of that, we need a little cartoon pick me up after that Ravens Titan story. And thankfully for us and all the viewers at home, the cartoon and NFL world collided this past week during the bears and saints game, um, because Nickelodeon broadcasted that game on their network. Yes. I seriously, what it was so like, okay. So I didn't watch it live, but I texted you, Christine. And I was like, why is everybody talking about Nickelodeon? I had no idea. And you were like, it's because Nickelodeon just broadcasted the game. I don't think I was skiing. I'm, I'm all mixed up with my, my week, my days this past weekend. Cause there were games on Saturday and on Sunday, but either way I missed the live broadcast. And so I had to look at YouTube and look at the broadcast from the Nickelodeon. There's three, there were three people who were broadcasting it. It was lit. It was amazing. And it brought back all of like my double dare 3000 memories of like the slime and the obstacle yes. courses and slime time live, baby. Yes. Every time that they Sponge scored a touchdown. Pants. So <laughs> yeah. the touchdown, like the end zone, they called the virtual slime zone. So anytime anybody got into the end zone, they got virtually slimed. Um, the field goal posts, had SpongeBob SquarePants in it, which I thought was his hysterical. fat head. His fat head was like between the, between the goals. Yes. It was amazing. It was amazing. And then they also, which I thought was great because it's literally what we do every single week they had, um, because I guess their whole broadcast was supposed to be geared towards children. They explained like all of the plays that were difficult to understand if you didn't really watch that much football. So I think they went into depth about, um, like possession of a football all the way through the catch and making sure that you have it through the ground. Um, what a challenge is, how many timeouts you have. Um, so they had little Sheldon or young Sheldon popped up on like the virtual scoreboard that was on the bottom of the page. And he explained something. So it was really educational. That is awesome. Too. I know. Um, obviously there's a market for it. So <clears throat> hello. hi, hello. Get us on Nickelodeon. We would like to be on Nickelodeon and to announce the next game so that we can explain all the rules to not just all of our followers and the entire CIS squad, but all of the rest of the nation too. It's literally and, and what we do every single week. I was going to say, and keep the education up. It doesn't just have to be on, you know, during these football games, you know, have them come to us yes. and we can teach them every week. Yes. Um, I, I did see something, um, the hall of fame quarterback, Kurt Warner, Sarah posted the most heartwarming tweet. He has a special needs adult kid named, um, Zach, 
and he was watching the game on Nickelodeon and Sarah, I cry because it was such a sweet tweet. He posted a picture of his son watching the game and he said, my son loves Nickelodeon, but has never sat down and watched a football game with me until today. Literally melting. I, I literally cry. Christine, I seriously, like my, I, my insides well up and my eyes get all watery <laughs> and my lower it's lip so starts to quiver. When you tell me things like that, that literally is like what my dream is for its sports sis is to like, not just like we talk about, you know, significant others and all of our friends who don't like sports and how we really want to be relatable and, and talk sports in terms that everybody understands. But that right there is, I feel like the reason why we have this podcast is to reach a whole audience of people that otherwise wouldn't have the means or wouldn't have, you know, be interested in to watch sports, to listen to sports. That's the reason why yes. we wanted to start at sports says what a I agree. I, it's so sweet. And I think what Nickelodeon did just is bringing all the attention, you know, trying to have the younger demographic learn about the sport of football. And yes. I think it's awesome. But I will say, obviously, I kind of dabbled between the two. I, I watched some of Nickelodeon, then I went back to the regular broadcast, and Tony, Tony Romo was announcing with Jim Nance. Okay, Christine. <laughs> Let's just pause for a second, because anybody who has ever watched a game with me knows, and I, I cannot stand Tony Romo as an announcer. Michael says that every single game. Every game, Sarah. Okay, that makes me feel like I'm not alone. Everybody calls him Tony Nostradamus. Like he's gonna, he gets on, he gets on the mic and he announces the the calls. And he, it's I, I just want you to tell me what's going on in the game, Tony. I don't need <laughs> you to sit here and tell me that the play that they're getting ready to run is, you know, the wide receiver out route, and he's gonna do this, and the X's and the O's, and we're gonna run this play like Tony Romo. I don't care if you know what play they're getting ready to run. Wait for the freaking play to happen and then tell me what happened after the play or right. maybe during the play. Don't sit here and try, like, he tries to call the play before every single play and it drives me bonkers. Like, I think he thinks I know. he sounds, like, very smart, but instead when he's wrong, you're just like, Tony! Could you, right. That's so I hear from Michael pretty much every week that we listen to Tony Romo announce. I already have, I've just gotten that bad taste in my mouth of it. That is myself. so funny. That's so funny. I mean, he's a great guy. He's funny. I think he needs he, to get back to the, needs to get back to the Corona commercials. I know he probably got replaced yeah. for Snoop Dogg because I love the Snoop Dogg Corona commercials. Same. I don't think he can beat Snoop in that. I don't think he can beat Snoop, but I definitely don't think he needs to be on the mic announcing games because I can't stand it. I hear his I, voice and I'm like, clip. <laughs> next clue. I thought it was so hysterical Sarah I mean I don't think it could have been any more opposite from the Nickelodeon broadcast maybe it's because my mind's permanently in the gutter I don't really know but he kept saying tip and it was driving me bonkers <laughs> he was like in order to get a touchdown all you need is the tip I was like ew that was kind of gross and then he then said it again didn't he yes and then he goes Hey, Jim, it's like when we go out to dinner, it's all about the tip. 
<gasps> I was like, ew, he did it again. I seriously, Nickelodeon, like that you, Nickelodeon, I don't know if those, the three people who announced on Nickelodeon or broadcasted the game had ever done it before, but you did a hell of a lot better than Tony Romo's done it. And he played the sport for a living. He was a professional yep. quarterback and has now been announcing the game since he retired from the game. So cheers to you, Nickelodeon, because we need more of that in the yes. world. We don't need any more Tony Romo. Seriously. That's but anyways, sure. Christine, what ended up happening with the actual game? I think the Saints, I honestly, like obviously the, the game was super boring, um, but I'm pretty sure the Saints like killed the Bears, right? I think it was, it's 21 to nine. So the Bears um, lost to the Saints in a gigantic fashion, 21 to nine. And thankfully we had Nickelodeon to watch um, to announce the game because the game itself was Super, super boring, but the night game, the Sunday night football game was the Browns versus Steelers. And that game was anything but boring. I mean, that game was actually a little mind blowing from the <laughs> very, very, very start. Yes, I know. The, I know. I was watching it. So we drove home. We, okay. So our ski plans on Saturday ended up getting Corona canceled. Go figure just like everything else in Travis and I's world in 2020, obviously right. had to bleed into 2021. Um, it, they were overbooked for skiing on Saturday. So we were so bummed, but anyways, we ended up going back on Sunday. Um, and our day was a lot longer and we weren't able to watch the games at, in the mountains. And so I pulled it up on Hulu and was watching it in the car when Travis was driving. And I swear to you, the number of plays even at the very beginning of the game that just went total sideways. I was like screaming and yelling. And I swear, Travis, he got so mad at me. I he was like, I'm going to crash this car, Sarah. If you continue to yell at your, at your phone screen like that, I think that I'm getting ready to run into something every time that you scream. I'm like, Oh, sorry. So maybe well, who would have thought I, that it was going to position out like that. Yes, I'll position myself in a better location to watch the game, not in the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah, of my, maybe not on the of highway. A driving vehicle with my husband driving. Yes. The very, very first play of the game, the Steelers center, who is the boy, who is the boy, I was gonna say the boy, who is the guy who snaps the ball through his legs to the quarterback for the quarterback to catch. Yes. He went so far over Ben Roethlisberger's head, right into the end zone where the Browns um, recovered into the end zone for a touchdown right off the bat. Literally, that was the first play of the game. I'm pretty sure there was like five seconds off the clock at that point. It was yeah. crazy. So obviously it equated me. I was totally justified in my screaming and yelling. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Travis. I definitely did not want you to wreck the car with myself and our two, two dogs in, in the car, but it definitely warranted a scream, right? I mean, that play in the first yes. play of the playoffs is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I was, I had the Steelers winning, but I was screaming up and down in my living room because I was so excited that that just happened. Cause obviously I, I was secretly Browns. Sarah had the Browns and Christina, the Steelers. <laughs> I have the Browns and Christine always this likes is, fun of how I talk, but this I is my like blogger boy. <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm a blogger <laughs> and I had the Browns. So yes, we I know was, that that voice is super duper cringy. We know that's why we're making fun of it. Yes, um, exactly. So the Browns obviously were the underdog and I 
purely picked teams last week that I wanted to win. We discussed, I picked with my heart, Christine picked with our brain. We really did think that the Steelers were going to win, but I wanted to extra cheer on the Browns and they didn't just go up seven to nothing. They went up 28 to nothing and the Steelers didn't end up coming back. And the Browns ended up beating the Steelers 48 to 37. I'm not going to lie. I I was pretty impressed that the Steelers actually came up, came back that much. That's true. That's true. But speaking of the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, who's the quarterback for the Steelers, um, he's in his late thirties, Christine, and he does have one year left on his contract with the Steelers, but there was this very emotional moment um, after the game. And you'll probably see a lot of it if you're watching you know, if you catch anything ESPN related, um, but he was sitting on the bench next to Marquise Pouncey, who is his center, that guy that you said, snapped the ball straight over his head in the first play. And the two mm-hmm. of them were, you know, talking amongst, amongst each other. Nobody really knows what they said, but it was a very emotional exchange. And it kind of brought up the subject that potentially Ben could retire and leave his last year of his contract on the table. So we'll just have to wait and see. It wouldn't surprise me. I think, I think Ben's kind of, he's been through it in his, you know, career with the Steelers. Um, I, I think he's losing a lot of his strength, but then, I mean, I say that, but they you know, went he, 11 and Oh, I was going to say he led his team to 11 wins at the beginning of the season. It's just, it's a little sad to see him just, you know, go 11 and Oh, and then just go on this downward spiral. And not literally I five, five games in a row, they lost. Five games in a row. I don't know what the odds are, but 11 games in a row. This is not like even a bell curve. This is literally like a straight peak and decline, like 11 games and then five games lost in a row. It was crazy. But did you see the Browns celebrating after the game? They went on like a total TikTok tear. It was (laughs) hysterical. So Juju Smith-Schuster, who plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers, his like go-to move was to go to the opposing team's logo before the game and do this TikTok video, our TikTok dance, Corvette, Corvette, hopping around for a day like that. Will you walk like that? Will you talk like that? Will you walk like that? I learned the dance one night, so maybe I'll do it for you guys. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, of course, all of the Browns players um, were doing that in the locker room afterwards. But Juju, like I said, he like did it before every almost every single game. And then they started losing and he came out and said that he was going to retire his TikTok dances on other teams logos because, um, and then he said for the betterment of myself and my teammates, I'm going to stop dancing on the logos. Basically, Christine, they started losing. And so his teammates were claiming that the dances, the TikTok dances that he was doing on the other team's logo obviously gave the team bad juju. But on but on yeah, but get like, it? Juju, juju, juju Smith Schuster, bad like, juju. <laughs> Like your name is Juju. Don't you know that everything that you say and everything that you do will come back around? Yes. I, I, I don't know if that's really how you spell Juju. Like the Juju, like I, I honestly, whenever I hear Juju, all I want to do is Juju on Abby, Juju on Abby, Juju on Juju on Juju on Abby. Now Hey, okay. Moving on, moving on, moving on. So yes, Juju. Smith Schuster, it's his name is so, it's such a tongue tie should know that yes, karma 
karma is going to come back and bite you, Juju. You can't be dancing on other people's logos. Well, Juju definitely came back around for Doug Peterson, who's the coach of the Eagles after his obvious loss versus the Giants. Yeah, so we've explained in the past the reason why a head coach gets fired, but this one was, ob- I mean, it was obvious, right? It was much right. more he obvious than what we everybody. typically see. Yes, I mean, it was very blatant, um, but just as a reminder, the head coach's job is to be like the overall boss of everybody and everything. Um, and it may, it's to make game time decisions and to call big plays, like whether to go for it on fourth down or kick a field goal or who the starting players are going to be. Like the Eagles coach had to decide whether he was going to start Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz. That comes down to the head coach. So there's definitely big decisions that the coach needs to make. And if the owner feels like the head coach is not making the right decisions to utilize the players and their other coaches the right way, the coach is gone. So all of that to say, there are a few other teams who have open head coaching positions. A and- few. Yeah. I feel like it was like the season of coaches getting fired. That's so true. I mean, everybody got fired. Yeah. So there are seven available currently head coaching positions, and there's definitely a little talk and chit chat about who is going to be filling what full-time head coach position, but what are the seven head coaching positions that are open? So the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're fi- they fired their coach a few weeks ago, LA Chargers, the New York Jets, the Atlanta Falcons, the Detroit Lions, and the Houston Texans. And the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, right. And the Eagles. I will say, I think for the Eagles coach, for Peterson's sake, I think he would probably want to end up for the LA Chargers because... Oh, you think he's going to go to LA? I think it would be in his benefit to go there because they already have a great quarterback, Justin Herbert. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think that that would probably be the best move for him. Well, you know, the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers is in discussions too, which is so crazy because I don't know exactly how old he is, but like he's in his mid thirties. He's so young. He's only been the Panthers offensive coordinator. His name is Joe Brady for one year. He was, um, he's talking about going to be, uh, the coach for the Eagles. Um, he, they're talking about Joe Brady going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, the Jaguars. Right. But Urban Meyer, who is a college coach, he coached Ohio State through 2018. He's a big name in college football, is also in talks to go to Jacksonville. So again, it's all up in the air, but two big names that you'll hear um, are Urban Meyer and Joe Brady. And I'm sure we'll see them be assigned to one of those seven teams that have an open coaching position. But I'm curious to see because Urban Meyer has been out of Um, like the limelight for the last couple of years where he goes. Well, since you brought up Urban Meyer and Ohio State, we do need to update y'all on the winner of the national championship game from Monday night where Alabama played Ohio State and shocker, Alabama wins. Alabama wins. That's literally (laughs) all I have. That's that's all we have to say. That's That's, all we have to say. Literally the only notes that I have for the Alabama Ohio State game. It was like, I hope you chose the over And I hope you chose Alabama giving nine points because that is quite the parlay and you would have won quite a bit of money. I don't bet, but if I were a betting woman, that's what I would have done. And I obviously would have won. There was zero defense. Alabama wins again. It's just like, oh, I mean, at least watching Devontae Smith, who was the Heisman winner, he broke his hand. 
He broke his hand? Yes. There's like a picture of him like getting interviewed at the end. He had his Heisman mask on. So he won the Heisman and he had a Heisman um, trophy mask on. And then he had his hand all wrapped up. I'm pretty sure he he must... He either broke his hand, dislocated his hand, did something, but he went out. And Must like have done that at the very, quarter. at the very, you said the end of the game. I was going to say, cause I fell asleep towards the very end of the game. Oh, okay. Well then that's, that must've been when it happened. Cause yeah. Oh, I him poor Devonte. God, that sucks. I know he'll rehab and be perfectly fine for the NFL draft, but you right. You right. But what a week. I know that was a lot of information. There was so much to cover, but let's wrap this up with the fun stuff and do the, who you got for week two of the playoffs. I feel like we need to update people on what our record is from last week. So let's recap on our story. We're tied. Oh, we are. Yeah, we're tied. Okay. Well, I need to like, see, we need it. Like I want to on the story, follow us on Instagram. You guys will put on the story, what games we chose from last week, just as a reminder. And we'll both have, um, service this time. So we'll both be able to post cute pictures of ourselves. Well, you didn't have service to send me a cute pic. So I had to improvise. Yeah. She improvised and chose the most unflattering picture of me in the entire world. But anyway, (laughs) we'll remind you guys where we are in the standings. Again, I'm picking purely from my heart, um, just for who I want to choose. And Christine's got a little bit more brains in the operation and picking things, um, and picking, um, teams based off of who she actually thinks is going to win, not necessarily who she wants to cheer for. So we'll update you guys on where we are against each other in this fun, who you got back and forth. All of that said, Christine week two of the playoffs, who's playing. We have two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Okay. Saturday at four 30, the very first game it's Rams at Packers. Who you got? So the Packers won the NFC. So they had a buy, which means they got to pit, they got to miss the first week of the super wild card weekend. And historically, when you have a buy in the first round, it can either go one way or the complete opposite. You can either be very refreshed and ready and come out and win, or you can be stale and um, stiff and come out and not be all about the hype and not win. So I do think Aaron Rodgers is amazing. I think he's very consistent. He's wonderful. He's the quarterback of the green Bay Packers. And I'm sorry, Yesenia, but I'm going to be cheering for the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay. What? Okay. Well, I have the Packers because Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, he's my boy. Yeah. My boy blue. Yeah. Yesenia is going to be very, very happy with you. She's not going to be very happy with me, but what's the late (laughs) game that day? Um, so the second game that day and the last game that day is at 8.15 and it's the Ravens at the Bills. Well, since the Ravens pulled that little stomping on the logo thing on the Tennessee Titans and the Bills have just been on fire and I ate chicken wings again last night, I am going with the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. I have the Bills too, because I think this game is going to be a battle of the quarterbacks and I just think Josh Allen's been killing it. So I think Bills are going to take that one home. Sunday, there's two games. The first one's at three o'clock and it's the Browns at the Chiefs. I, you know, I'm How on, much I'm, are, I'm on that gravy Brown. train, baby. I am on that Brown gravy train. So let's Sarah, go that, Browns. <laughs> that would be a huge upset. What? If the Browns, if the Browns beat the Chiefs. Well, 
Okay, sorry, Patrick Mahomes, but Baker Mayfield's commercials are a lot funnier than yours. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. Mahomes commercials are not that good. No. Um, but I definitely have the Chiefs winning this one. I don't think the Browns can pull out two upsets in a row. Although, again, I will be secretly cheering for the Browns to pull that upset out, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Yep. And then last we have the 640 game, which is a rematch of a divisional rivalry. The Bucks versus the Saints, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. And I have Drew Brees beaten Tom Brady. So I've got the Saints over the Bucks. I do too. Obviously, in our last episode, I chose the Saints to go all the way to the Super Bowl. So I have the Saints winning and they've already beaten the Bucks twice in the regular season. So go Drew Brees. Let's go, Drew Brees. Let's go. But that wraps up this week's episode of It's Sports Sis. Love you guys. You're the best. Follow us on Instagram and make sure you subscribe to our podcast. And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.